tortoise. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, the University of York is lowering its grade expectations for some international students. What does that tell us about the state of higher education in the UK? That's after a short break. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're an international student who isn't very academic, don't worry, York will have you. Earlier this month, the University of York made headlines. There was an email sent, and I'm sure the author of the email didn't expect to uh, uh, end up featuring in the national media. That email was leaked to the Financial Times, and it implied that York, which is one of 24 top-tier UK universities known as the Russell Group, was going to lower its grade expectations for international students. The University of York is dropping its standards and lowering the entry requirements for international students. Some will be admitted with the equivalent of BBC grades at A-level, when most courses require AAA. According to the memo, the change is a response to the, quote, current financial challenges at the university. So it came as a bit of a surprise, certainly to people who don't watch the sector on a daily basis, that this was happening. This is Nick Hillman, who does watch the sector on a daily basis. I'm director of the Higher Education Policy Institute, which is a think tank based in Oxford. Nick says that it was interesting that a story like this caught the attention of so many people. Universities change their offers for applicants up and down all the time on the basis of all sorts of things. So, you know, how many lecture halls are available in the next academic year? How many staff are available in the next academic year? What's your target staff-student ratio for the next academic year? Do you have enough laboratories or physical equipment? It's a single department, single courses single faculties who will have different entry requirements to others. So there was a bit of me that thought, this is a storm in a teacup. The University of York told the Financial Times that its entry requirements remain as advertised. The change in tariff refers to a more flexible approach we are adopting to international offer holders who miss their grades. But Nick Hillman says there's a reason this story has caught people's eye. Universities are struggling financially. I'm not going to claim they're struggling to the same degree as local authorities or even some schools, but they are struggling financially and some a lot more than others. So what sort of challenges are universities facing? 
In the end, universities are charities. They, they sometimes operate like businesses in that they want to get bigger and better all the time. But they are ultimately charities. And so the calculation they're making is, how much money do we need next year to do all the things we want to do? Right now, the business of running a university is challenging. Nick Hillman says there are lots of reasons for this. If you recruit a home student, they don't pay for themselves. So £9,250 might feel like very, very high fees for an undergraduate. But it was £9,000 10 years ago, and inflation's been very high in between. So we know very clearly now that universities lose money on every home student they recruit on average. University fees were frozen in 2016, meaning universities are making a loss from every UK student they recruit. They also lose money on research. You know, universities do two things at scale. One is they teach students and the other is they do research. And research is paid for by governments and pretty much everybody that funds university research underfunds it. So you lose money on research and you lose money on teaching home students. So you've got to fill in that financial black hole somehow. Some universities make a bit of extra cash through professional development courses. Others rent out their accommodation for conferences during the summer holidays. But it isn't always enough. The one thing they do that makes money and makes a surplus is teaching international students. But with renewed competition from universities abroad and new restrictions on the dependence that some international students can bring with them, Nick says demand for 2024 entry looks a bit flaky, both from home and international students. So you can see why York might have adjusted its grades this year. But how have people responded? We'll have more after the break. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. York said that its decision to adjust grade requirements for some international students brings their recruitment in line with the approach for home students. But that hasn't stopped responses like this from Professor Matthew Goodwin on GB News. We are lowering our standards as a result. I know for a fact that people have been told not to fail international students because the institutions need their money. I actually think this is the tip of the iceberg. I think this is the beginning of a national scandal, actually, about what's happening within higher education. Nick Hillman says that this is where the debate gets toxic. If middle-class British families think their kids are not getting into the universities they want them to go to because it's a zero-sum game and international students are squeezing them out, traditionally that has not happened. Traditionally, the opposite has been true. Universities have made so much money from international students, more courses are viable than would otherwise be the case. But now the universities are actually losing money on every home student. It is becoming a little bit of a zero-sum game. 
we won't actually understand the impact of York's decision for a while. Not for at least three or four years when this year's cohort graduates. Then we should be able to tell whether lowering the entry requirements for some students actually affects the quality of learning. Either way, this is all a plaster over a much bigger problem. Some of your listeners might like want to shoot me here, but um, I personally think the uh, funding model we've got for higher education in this country is rather good. But the problem is it hasn't kept up with the cost of living. Um, so uh, we have a brave set of politicians in 2010 who were willing to vote for fees of £9,000. But £9,000 in 2010 is the same as £6,000 in 2024. Um, and politicians don't even seem to be willing to keep up the fee in line with inflation, which I think is regrettable because everybody agrees with the fact the UK university system is world class. And if we wanted to stay world class, it needs to be funded properly. The initial response to this story may have been, as Nick said, a storm in a teacup. But it's an important reminder of the challenges facing UK universities and the tough decisions they'll have to make this year. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written and mixed by Patricia Clark. Tortoise. I'm Afwa Hirsch. I'm Peter Frankopan. And in our podcast, Legacy, we explore the lives of some of the biggest characters in history. This season, we're exploring the life of Cleopatra. An iconic life full of romances, sieges and tragedy. But who was the real Cleopatra? It feels like her story's been told by others with their own agenda for centuries. But her legacy is enduring, and so we're going to dive into how her story has evolved all the way up to today. I am so excited to talk about Cleopatra, Peter. Love she Cleopatra. She is an icon. She's the most famous woman in antiquity. It's got to be up there with the most famous woman of all time. But I think there's a huge gap between how familiar people are with the idea of her compared to what they actually know about her life and character. So for pyramids, Cleopatra and Cleopatra's nose. Follow Legacy Now wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can binge entire seasons early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.